Welcome to the No Guilt Fangirls Podcast, where liking what you like is never a bad thing. Here's your host and head fangirl in charge, Patty Holiday. Hey, y'all, I'm your host and head fangirl in charge, Patty Holiday. Welcome to the No Guilt Fangirls Podcast. And this is week number three of our recap, rehash, re, I don't even know what to call this, breakdown. Um, we're talking about everything Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And of course, week one, week two, we are now, we are now halfway through, wow, um, this series. And I think I have more questions uh, than answers at this point. And as always, I'm like, how are they going to wrap everything up in only three more episodes? Like, what are they doing to me? But that is the Marvel way. Um, welcome to the No Guilt Fangirls podcast. If you are new around here or haven't had a moment yet, please leave us a five-star rating or review. Um, it's always appreciated and it helps other fangirls and fanguys uh, find us in the algorithms. And you know it's no fun to fangirl alone. And we're not fangirling alone today because Ashley is here with us. Um, Ashley has basically hopped on board this um, entire season four of No Guilt Fangirls to talk about all these Disney Plus Marvel shows. And it's been fantastic. And we had Jana last week, which I, I dropped the ball this week on scheduling. And so I'm hoping Jana will be able to come back next week. We'll have to be a little bit better about scheduling and see if that fits in her schedule. But um Easter got in the way. Um, so anyway, um, Ashley's here. Ashley is going to tell us about all the nerdy, cool things that you and I as casual MCU goers may have missed and uh, hopefully fill some of those things, some of those pieces in because it's a lot of fun. Even if you don't know what ultimately they mean, it's just kind of cool to be like, oh, I know that that means something. That's basically my life. I know that means something important to someone somewhere. Uh, so Ashley, hey, how are you? I'm great. I'm so excited to talk about this episode. It was awesome. It was a good one. Yeah, it was definitely a good one. Um, all right, cool. Tell everybody where they can find you online just uh, so they can go hunt you up. And then we'll just jump right into this thing. All right. Well, I'm Ashley Saunders. You can find me on my website with ashleyandco.com, on Twitter at that Ashley Aaron, and also at cbr.com. You could just search for my author name there because I'm always talking about theories. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's awesome. And that's perfect. And that's what we are here for. All right. Uh, episode three, we are talking Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And I'm going to let you go ahead and pick it up and kick us off with the recap. And I'll jump in, of course, uh, with my comments as we roll along. All right. Well, this one kicked off with a commercial, and it was not a WandaVision commercial. <laughs> it was a commercial uh, extolling the virtues of the Global Repreciation Council, which is the GRC. And they have been tasked with helping people that came back from the blip. But by doing so, they have displaced people who never blipped away. And that is where the flag smashers' grievances come from, because they are the people that were here during those five years. And now all of a sudden they're in relocation camps because the people that were blipped away now are getting all the resources and all the help. So it's a little sus. And the commercial itself, if you've ever seen any type of company trying to pat itself on the back, that is what that commercial was. Yeah, Look for at real. how amazing we are. For oh real, my for real. God. 
So my question to you is this, is the GRC in comics, is this a comic book accurate thing? Um, I don't think so. Okay. I haven't come across them before. That's not to say that they're not there. I don't want somebody to be like, oh my gosh, she's wrong. Right. <laughs> I have not read about them. I mean, there's definitely different government entities throughout the comics. This could just be a version of one that does exist. But I will actually look into that for you. Um, you just, just, yeah, I'm always just <laughs> curious if this is like something I should have known about. I mean, not like that I, said, I would I've have known about it, but maybe. But so that's cool. I mean, it's, it could be totally made up just for the MCU and not, you know, comic specific. Right. Not everything is, I guess is my point. <laughs> no. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, all right. So then we get to this. Oh my gosh. Oh. You should have seen me. Actually, <laughs> I was... I, I don't have a coffee table in front of me, but it's a good thing I didn't because it would have been flipped up in the air because I was uh, so yes. mad. We get John Walker and the first thing out of his mouth, well, maybe not the first thing, but he said the he said BS twice and he didn't say it in the polite way that I just said it. And I was like, language, you are not a <laughs> trap. Because as we know, our cap doesn't do that. <laughs> Right. Also, our cap does not have the feel the need to rough somebody up going, do you know who I am? I was like, vomit. I don't yes. care. Yes, I don't. And and doesn't, is not the response. The yes, thing. yes. Bless, <laughs> bless that man, because he's like, I do. And I don't care. And then he spits on him. I'm like, yes. Yes, random guy. You're my new favorite. Everybody cosplay as him. Exactly. Exactly. It was amazing. I don't care. Uh, John Walker. Yeah. So it's very (laughs) clear that finding the Flag Smashers is going to be near impossible for Walker and Hoskins. He name drops Langley, which is where the CIA headquarters is. Apparently they're having issues. And clearly Walker's like, we're going to need Sam and Bucky to do this work for us because we suck. Um, They didn't say that, but that's, you know. I gathered that from that conversation. (laughs) Uh, uh, As we know, last week, Bucky was, Bucky said, you know, there's only one person that really knows all about Hydra and the super soldiers. And it's Zemo. So Bucky and Sam arrive in Berlin where they go to visit Zemo at the joint counter-terrorist center. Bucky goes in alone because as we know, Zemo hates Avengers. Like, hates, hates Avengers. Um, it's an interesting conversation that they have. Zemo kicks it off immediately, reciting the words from the Hydra book. Yep. yep that yep. used to mind control Bucky. They no longer work. Um, he then apologizes about their previous encounter. Like, I'm sorry. You were just a means to an end. Like, no hard feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Zemo. <laughs> um, then, you know, Sam and Bucky are now sneaking around this garage and Bucky goes into how Zemo could hypothetically, of course, get out of jail. And it was very Ocean's Eleven-esque, which I loved because I'm a huge fan of that movie. So it was the narration coupled with the flashbacks. And it was hysterical. Zemo walks in and Sam's like, whoa, whoa, what? Yes. Bucky's like, ah, I didn't tell you because you wouldn't have liked it. <laughs> I knew you'd say no. Yeah, basically. So as always, Sam and Bucky right right there together, seeing eye to eye on all things. They are just communicating. So yeah, no, they're not. Um, <laughs> so the usual is still going on with these two fools. Uh, they can't seem to get on the same page. Now I have to comment about Zemo here. This entire time, I wanted to hate Zemo because Zemo was supposed to be this bad guy. Mm-hmm. 
But Ashley, I kind of liked him. And then I thought I heard Ashley in the back of my head going, Patty, you can't trust Zemo. Don't you dare. Don't you dare fall for it. Because <laughs> you know it's coming. You know it's coming. But uh, yeah, so Zemo had an interesting, this whole episode was was very Zemo-centric. And I don't know. And I'm here of- I kind of like the guy. Yeah. Okay. All right. It wasn't just me. I was like, I kind of like the guy. What's wrong with us? Um, I think it's hard not to. It's Daniel Brühl, who Mm -hmm. like, I really feel like you can't hate him. Like, I didn't hate him in Civil War. And like I told you, I think it was last week, I was like, I really like Zemo. And you're like, ah, Zemo. No, he's a great villain because he's so smart. And this episode, I saw all kinds of people tweeting about how much they love him. Versus how much they hate Walker. Yes. <laughs> I was like, yes. yes, I will stand Zemo forever over Walker <laughs> and Hoskins. Like, ugh. Oh. Um, <laughs> so it's revealed that the garage they're in happens to be Zemo's because, aka, he's Baron Helmet Zemo, which, hello, Sam. That means he's got money. I thought that was so funny. And I, I was totally Sam because Sam's like, wait, you got money? And I was like, yeah, you got money? Like, what's up with this? And then... <laughs> It was like, hello, I'm a baron before you dropped my uh, a country on my family. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So it, I thought it was interesting. It's kind of like with WandaVision where they finally called her Scarlet Witch, which is her comic accurate name. It, Zemo has never been referred to as his comic accurate name, which is mm, Baron Helmet Zemo. So I was like, oh, I like it. Um, anyway, so he's going through this like garage of cars, collecting some stuff to go on this mission with them. He grabs his golden gun, which was leaked in a product uh, photo I saw. Also, his famous purple hood. So those are which, comic comic famous because obviously I didn't know what the purple hood was about, but you did. Yeah, if you look at if you look him up and you search uh, Helmet Zemo comics or just any of the Zemo family comics, they all have that like purplish hood. Okay, got it. So that's definitely his comic uh, accurate thing. Okay. So then okay. they they walk out onto the tarmac in like this fierce like hip hop video vibe uh, <laughs> walk. <laughs> like I was like I love I'm I'm here for every minute of it. Honestly, it was great. Uh, and we meet Oznik, which is Zemo's butler. The interesting thing here is that he's played by Nicholas Pryor who previously appeared in an espionage thriller back in the 80s called The Falcon and the Snowman. Oh, that's funny. And that people have actually been saying, I keep wanting to call this The Falcon and the Snowman, people of my age, because 80s, (laughs) hello. Um, So that's funny. And I saw that movie like a bazillion years ago, Um, not when it first came out, because I was a little too young, I think, but I know I've seen it. Uh, I saw it probably early 90s, but uh, that's kind of cool. Good catch. Good catch. Yeah. Uh, on the plane, you know, they're they're having this banter back and forth uh, and uh, Bucky's notebook, which I originally thought was just a nod to the fact that Steve also had a notebook. Yeah, with I very, did too. With very different, uh, you know, things written down in it. But Bucky's notebook is actually Steve's. Oh. And Zemo has somehow, like, I don't know, pickpocketed away from Bucky and was reading stuff. And Bucky, of course, is like, touch it again, and I will, like, end you. Well, yeah. And so when that did happen, I was like, wait, wait, wait. How did that happen? And Rob was like, I don't know. I didn't see how that happened either. So I don't know if that was something. So you didn't really see it either. So I'm just wondering if that was like a, like a, I don't know, bad, bad TV show. Like, they just... 
they cut it in a weird place or they blipped it to like, we just didn't know what happened. So I was a little confused as to how Zemo would have this. Yeah. I didn't really see it. I just assumed that he like kind of, like I said, he pickpocketed. Yeah. 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 Which is a Zemo kind of thing to do. So I could see that, but yeah. Right. All right. And what's interesting. Oh, sorry. (laughs) No, no, no. You're fine. Go ahead. I was going to say what, what I to note is that Zemo's name is in that book and you know that he read like the whole thing, right? Sure, it's not like he sure. was just reading that one name. You know, he saw his name too. It was uh-huh. like, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, they have a hilarious interchange about the Trouble Man soundtrack or <laughs> album, which is from uh, the Winter Soldier. And, you know, Zemo obviously agrees with Sam and Sam agrees with him, but he's like, oh, like, you shouldn't. All right, you're out of line. I mean, you're right, but like, don't talk about it anymore. <laughs> like, yeah, Sam's like, I, I, he's right, but no, it's like, stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good. That was a good one. <laughs> yeah. So it's like that whole um, chemistry. I swear, it permeated the whole episode. The three of them together. I yep. really loved it. Yeah. Um. So back in Latvia, we see Carly saying goodbye to. A woman. It's either um, her mother or a mother figure. Clearly, this woman was important to her. Carly is the leader of the Flag Smashers, in case uh, you missed that connection. And they're at that like resettlement camp, like we talked about, how the people got displaced. Mm-hmm. Um, she's clearly, this woman's clearly been sick for a while, based on the dialogue. Uh, we don't know who she is, but it's clearly upsetting Carly. Um. The our unlikely trio of co-workers <laughs> has yeah. made it to Madripoor. And Madripoor is super important in the comics. It's an X-Men, primarily an X-Men world. Okay. It's a Wolverine hangout for sure. He lies low there. In fact, his one of his former uh lady friends is a crime boss there. And so to interrupt you real quick, I yep. haven't seen a lot of those movies. So I haven't seen anything with, I know with Hugh Jackman in it. I know it's terrible, but is Uh, Poor in those movies as well? I don't think so. So to be fair, I've seen them. I've only seen them probably once through each. Right. 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 Yeah. It's it's not your jam. Like, yeah. Okay. No, it's not my jam. Yeah. Okay. I just was curious um, because I don't, I don't think so. I really don't. I, I think like I would have remembered I like to, it. Yeah, I like to like <laughs> connect the dots when we can, and that's why I'm asking. Uh, yeah. So not to put you on the spot, just out of curiosity. It was just a curiosity question because I haven't seen – I think I've seen like five minutes of him, <laughs> him becoming the Wolverine or whatever. Like I – it just isn't – I never could settle with the idea that like the X-Men movies were supposed to be – anything other than crap. And so I've had a hard time. <laughs> I, you know, I did watch dark Phoenix. I did. I did uh-uh. do that one. And I, I even mean, went to a movie theater for that one, <laughs> but um, the other ones I still haven't seen. Um, I, I know they exist. <laughs> I know. I know they exist. I just haven't done them. That's why I asked. Okay, cool. Um, all right. So we're in Madripoor and this is, oh my gosh, Sam, Sam okay. and, and this outfit and the comment back and forth between him and Zemo made me laugh okay so all of our guys need to be in disguise they can't go in as themselves i mean minus zemo because he's already kind of a a bad person anyway Mm -hmm. but bucky needs to become a person that he claims is gone using zemo's words meaning the winter soldier Uh and sam sam's disguise 
is a direct reference to Marvel's Smiling Tiger. Zemo does call him out as Conrad Mack, who is the Smiling Tiger. So the interesting thing about Smiling Tiger is that one, he obviously hangs out in Madripoor in the comics. Two, he's a former member of the Thunderbolts, which is a organization that Zemo helps found. Mm. Um, he also was part of the Folding Circle, and that's how he ended up in Madripoor. This group crashed jet or crashed a stolen Avengers Quinjet in Madripoor, and that's how they came to be there. Um, Sam, yes, the whole interchange is hilarious. Also, can we talk a minute about Zemo's jacket? Because <laughs> it is, I mean, the man has got style. I mean, I know he's a baron, but like, <laughs> yeah, no, it's a he really looks, nice jacket. <laughs> he, he looks hot. He looks hot. And so, and so Sam says something like, uh, why does the black man have to be dressed like a pimp? And right. then, and then, um, Zemo says something along the lines of, you know, only a black, only a, only a guy from America would look at fashion, you know, fashion forward uh, yeah. as, as, as being a pimp or something. And Sam was like, Oh really? Like, huh? Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, um, they're walking through the streets of Madripoor. They're in low town. So quick backup. Madripoor is divided into two sections. There's low town and high town. High town is a nice place to visit. Low town is a crime like haven. So they're in low town. They're walking through the streets. There's a mural on the building that says the power broker is watching, which we know the power broker has been, uh, you know, alluded to back into episode one in the credits. Um, He is a man, not an organization. So in the comics, it's an organization. Mm -hmm. So this time it's a man. Uh, presumably a man, mm-hmm. um, which I'm sure you'll want to talk about when we get mm-hmm. to that. <laughs> um, and he rules Madripoor as judge, jury, and executioner. And Zemo claims he does not want to get on his radar, although they have never met. They pass the princess bar, which is where Wolverine spent a lot of his time. Okay. And it's also owned by his lady friend, Tiger Tiger. Uh, okay. In the comics. Now... Our boys end up at the Brass Monkey Saloon or the Bronze Monkey. It's called both in the comics. They didn't, I think, give a name in the episode. So it's either or. But that's where they end up. The, like, purple monkey looking uh, sign. Okay. Um, Sharon Carter is also is at the bar. She's the hooded figure, if you didn't notice. Yeah, I saw, <laughs> I saw the obvious. <laughs> yeah, I saw the hood, you know, go away. And I was like, all right, they're sharing because that's also like the Avengers, like how to hide yourself. Like, <laughs> she just right? needed a hat, right? She needed a hat and the aviators <laughs> and should have been said, but you know, you got to start with the hoodie. And so you yep. knew that that was what was happening. But <laughs> this is also like good information because I too am a fan of hoodies and I wear them a lot. And so, you know, if I ever need yeah, to go same. undercover, I've got my Avengers look. Yeah, I do too. Already. So yeah, set. Totally set. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, I saw her, I spied that, and I was like, all right, so we finally got Sharon Carter, episode three, so cool, 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 cool. All right, so Zemo, again, they're like, you have to play the part. So the part is, Sam had to drink the nastiest drink in his life. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> Which, again, like, that's so, he was just like, huh? <laughs> I was gagging, and I was, I didn't have to drink it. I was like, ugh, ugh, better you than me, Sam. Uh, Bucky, that means Bucky has to be the Winter Soldier. So under Zemo's direction, 
after he asks to see Selby, you know, this guy comes up, grabs Zemo's shoulder, and Zemo, as if it was perfectly orchestrated, which again, master tactician, it probably Mm -hmm. was. He has Bucky basically take out an entire group of individuals. And it was awesome because the Winter Soldier music played, and I was super excited to see Bucky kick some butt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, then they're brought back to meet Selby. Now, Selby, the name Selby, there's several different Selbys in the comics. The only one of note is a mutant in the X-Men comics, which again, Madripoor is in the X-Men comics. However, Selby is a guy. So it could just be a nod. It could just be a coincidence. It could just be something fun. So nothing like super uh, concrete to report on on that, unfortunately. However, there is stuff to report on. Dr. Wilfred Nagel, who is the guy that's made the super serum. And that's who they're there to find. In the comics, he's also called Joseph Reinstein or Reinstein. And he was a scientist that worked on Project Rebirth, which is the same experiments that Isaiah Bradley was forced to endure, which led him to becoming a super soldier. If you remember back to last week, Isaiah talked briefly about his experience, about how you know men were coming into a cell and doing all this testing on him and stuff. And that is how Nagel was able to recreate the serum, by using blood samples from Isaiah Now, while they're in this incredibly tense situation, Sarah calls and Sam has to put it on speaker. Yeah, that is bad. Yeah. At first, his cover stays intact because he (laughs) he tried it. He tried it. He was like, oh, yeah, the bank. Like, I'll launder money, like, whatever. And I'm like, oh, Sam, please. I bet his sister was like, what? Like, why? Why are you doing this? She's so great because she's like just a mom and she's all harried and harassed as it is. And she's, you know, so she's, she's like following, but not. She's not, right, she's not really listening. Yeah, yeah. So I was, I was like, actually, that's believable because I've had those conversations. So I mean, you know, not exactly because I, I, you know, I don't know the Falcon, but, um, but very similar <laughs> type situations. So I really did, uh, I, I really did feel this. But then right there at the end, man. Oh, yep. And then she goes, "I'm gonna have to call you back, Sam." Oh, that's it. Now their cover's blown. But before anything can really happen, Selby is taken out by a sniper rifle, it seems. And okay, now the fight for their life happens. And it's like John Wick moments, right? Where the texts go out, Selby's dead. Here's the bounty on, you know, for them. And they escape in part because Sharon shows up to help them. And her intro to them is hilarious because one, she's super cynical now. She's so disenfranchised. The government pardoned everybody except for her, it seems. So she's like laying low in Madripoor as a stolen arts dealer. So she's like, hey, let's go to my apartment in Hightown. She lives in this swanky place because, again, Hightown is the place you visit. Lowtown is the place you go to commit crimes. And can I just say, Sharon <laughs> Carter, I've always been like, she was fine. I didn't, you know, didn't dislike or like her. Like, you know, like I wasn't attached to Sharon Carter in any way, shape, or form. Uh, right. Negative, positive, whatever. Um, other than the creepy kissing of Cap when later it could have been related to her. I don't even know how they, like, made that work out <laughs> in their heads. But other than that, like, I... I Sharon was fine. I appreciated her. I thought she was a good, um, good character. However, when she's like being sassy back and forth to these guys and basically saying, oh, yeah, you remember how I helped you? And now here I am just like 
you know, on the run forever, but you two have your little pardons. Mm -hmm. I appreciated Mm -hmm. that. I was like, you get them girl. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, I, I liked this scene of kind of seeing where, where Sharon landed and how she landed, which was basically, you know, she's, she's doing fine. It's just not where she wants to be. I think she wants to come home and she wants to be, you know, able to, to go back to her old life in a sense. But um. All right. I'm going to say it. So is she is she power broker? Oh, so we want to do that. All right. We we'll talk about yeah. that. Let's talk, <laughs> let's talk about that. So is she? Right. <laughs> you, you know everything, Ashley. Is she? Tell me. Uh, um. So I will say I have participated in several discussions about this. I am not a hundred percent sold on that theory. I get it. She's suspicious. Um. She's able to find out where Nagel's hiding, which is apparently going to be super hard, according to Selby. She finds it super fast. The fact that she just happened to be there when they were there. I get it. She is suspicious for sure. However, I find it a little too convenient that she's the power broker. Like okay. It's just a smidge too tidy for me. And I okay. feel like Marvel doesn't give us tidy little bows. Not this early. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think she is either working with the power broker or she's working for another organization or person that, you know, has dealings with the power broker. Kind of like the, you know, there's, if there's one criminal organization, there's another, you know, they're always competing with each other. It's like the ma- the mafia, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't think she's the power broker. Okay. All right. That's going to, that's going to be where I land. All what right. do you think? I don't know, dude. You, you're asking. This is why I ask you. This is why I ask you these things. Do you remember, like, WandaVision? Let's have some flashbacks to how I went off the rails on what could be happening there, and none of it happened. So I'm not even – I'm just <laughs> asking questions. That's that's, okay, my, that's my new role is I'm just going to ask the questions. Um, no, right. I honestly, I don't know, and I don't know – um, I mean, obviously, the the power broker is a power player in this whole storyline. Um, I think one of the criticisms I will give to now that we're halfway there is that I also don't feel any one way attachment, negative, whatever with the power broker because they've given us little things in little bits, but it feels very disjointed in a storytelling aspect. It's not flowing super easily for me to like, uh, I mean, it's there. I can pick it up as each person says something a little bit differently, but it's just not flowing as smoothly as Marvel storytelling typically does. So I think that's my issue with Power Broker is that um, I'm I'm not, you got to hold my hand and like lead me along the path a little bit better than this. And I'm just not there yet. That could all change. Obviously next episode, they could come out and make it all super crystal clear uh, how we should be feeling about power broker and whatnot. But um, as of right now, I just don't feel like I have enough information to really know one way or the other, other than uh, this is somebody who Carly stole from and Uh uh-huh. Power Broker says they're going to kill Carly over it. I kind of like Carly so far, even though I don't have a whole lot on her. You know, it's just, it's, I, I feel like, I feel like we haven't gotten deep enough on anything other than the Sam and Bucky sitch. And now we get Zemo. I, I do feel like they gave us a lot of good, 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 good juicy stuff with Zemo in this one um, for me to make really a whole lot of predictions, I guess is, is where I, I, I I'm going to, I'm going to shut up now and, and roll on with that. But that's kind of uh-huh. where I am with this one is um, overall, I am loving this series. I really do enjoy it. 
but it's just doesn't have quite the same um, flow uh, storytelling, you know, that the WandaVision did or that even the movies tend to have for me. Um, but it doesn't mean I'm unhappy. I am looking forward to this every Friday. I love these guys. I love I love the story. It's just not quite as smooth, I think, um, as unfortunately WandaVision set that very high bar. So that's that's my final say on this. <laughs> all right. I think it might become a little bit more smoother for you after we have all the other episodes. Uh, oh, I think so too. I think I think that it's one of those things that maybe in hindsight I'll be like, oh, it was all there. I just didn't see it. Because I admit that sometimes I pick things up and sometimes I don't. just depends on how I'm connecting with the storytelling. And right. um, there's been plenty of situations where I will watch something the first time and think, oh, it was fine. Then I go back and I watch it a second time and I'm like, wow, that was actually really good. Uh, example, um, Solo. I, I liked Solo the first time I saw it. You and yeah. I saw it together, yeah, right? Yeah, we, okay. we saw it we together. Had, yeah, we had a whole discussion about that. And I liked it and I thought it was fun. But then when I went back and watched it a second time, I really liked it. And it's now one of my like little secret hidden gems. If you don't want to watch Solo, that's fine. More Solo for me because I... <laughs> Really like that movie, um, but yes, it was something that had to it had to grow on me a little, or I had to sit with me a little bit longer. So that could absolutely be the case here too. Yeah, I'm fair. All right, so Nagel, they find him. He's in a shipment container, which is like a makeshift lab, um, and Sharon's outside keeping watch while Bucky, Sam, and Zemo go in. Now we know Zemo hates the super soldier, you know program if you think back to civil war he went to siberia not to activate the winter soldiers but to take them out because he doesn't believe these types of people should exist um so we learned that nagel actually worked on that experiment but obviously it failed because zemo made sure of that he was then recruited by the cia and given the blood of isaiah bradley in order to recreate the serum he was eventually successful but then he was blipped away when he came back, the program had been shut down and he left. Now the power broker was all about it. He's like, cool, I'll finance your research. Come hang out with me. Mm -hmm. So Nagel has been working for the power broker. We know that he was he successfully made 20 doses. So here's a little math. We have 20 doses to start. There are eight super flag smashers. That means that there's 12 left because Carly took all of them. Okay, okay, okay. So now there's 12 doses that aren't accounted for. We know Carly has them. Her and her um, cohort are talking kind of about it, how they want to distribute things to to create, you know, soldiers and and stuff. And it's really, like you kind of said, it's really hard to hate the Flag Smashers for what they're doing because they're trying to help people that aren't being helped by the organizations that claim to be helpful. <laughs> Uh, we learned that the woman that died was Danya Madani, and she is either Carly's mother or, again, someone she was obviously super close with because Carly clearly was upset. She died of tuberculosis. Uh, Nagel was not able to help her um, save her life. He also let it drop that tuberculosis is common in those relocation camps. Which, if you've ever had to sit through a history class about, you know, concentration camps and stuff like that, that's the type of disease, a respiratory disease that would spread quickly in close quarters. 
Uh, Zemo takes out Nagel because, you know, again, Zemo's not about the super soldier life. Yeah. And they're like, dude. And he did it quick and he did not hesitate. That guy was just, bye. Bye. Yep, for real. Bye. That's right. Um, And his lab goes up in flames because out of nowhere, like a missile gets launched into it. Sharon's outside kicking people's butt. See, again, it definitely is a little suspicious mm-hmm. that that's happening. But if she was the power broker, like, why is she fighting off people who are after Sam, Bucky, and Zemo? I don't know. Like I said, it doesn't it's it doesn't work for me in all aspects of that conversation. Um, okay. So yeah, they're fighting on the shipyard. Zemo ends up helping them. He puts on his purple hood, which I was like, yes, here we go. And he turns into like this like kick butt kind of guy. We have never seen Zemo take on a group of people. He has for sure taken out one person at a time. Right. But homeboy can fight. I was impressed. I was like, okay, Zemo, I see you. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. And I knew, obviously, when he put the mask on, I was like, why is he putting the mask on? He don't need to put the mask on. But I figured it was a comic book. Like, you know, it was for you nerds out there who probably have been screened and spoiled. <laughs> um, but I appreciated, like, we got the mask, we got him fighting. And then I got suspicious because I was like, wait, where did Zemo go? Like he disappeared yes. right afterwards. And I was like, yeah. oh, he did not. He like totally, he's, he, 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 I, I thought he'd done the boys dirty. So I thought he was out and I was like, oh man, Zemo, I was rooting for you. <laughs> we were all rooting for you. Uh, but I really did. I, I thought he was gone. Yeah. I mean, he definitely in a, in a couple instances throughout this episode made it seem like he was going to ditch them. And this was one of them. Uh, Torres comes back with Sam or comes back to Sam saying, Hey, look, I found that uh, Donya Madani woman. She was in a relocation camp in Riga, which is where again, Carly was earlier. So that's where they decided to go. And Zemo who did not disappear. In fact, he just went to another shipping container where his like super cool old school Pontiac Firebird just happened to be parked. <laughs> which Yes. It was like, <laughs> I get it. It's like you want to talk about suspicious. Let's the fact that Zemo one had a car just oh I don't know a couple rows over, and two he then was like I know I have a place where we can stay in Riga. Do you? Do you? Like I I know you're a baller, but really again. A little yeah. suspicious. A little suspicious. We got we to gotta keep our eye on the Zemo guy because he seems to have his hand in a whole lot of things, uh, including apparently his very deep pocket where he has a stash of car keys and he can just like hop <laughs> right. in a vehicle that he has stashed all over the world. I don't know. But yes. Right. So he takes takes the purple mask off and he rolls up and does the whole, does the whole Mean Girls things. Get in, losers. Get in, losers. <laughs> Um, and, uh, and they all jump in the car. And then of course we had that great callback to, uh, well, they jump in. (laughs) Yeah. I love how Sam didn't even like, he's like, you're not going to move your seat up. Are you? Nope. nope. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, Ooh, payback, Sam. You know what that is. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, And before we leave these, leave this area, Sharon gets in a car with a bodyguard. Claiming that they have a couple of problems they need to take care of. That's a little mm-hmm. suspicious. And yeah, I she- think that's where people really are like, she's the power broker. 
Yeah, she's well. She's something, right? She's not just she has to be something, you know, getting by on her wits or whatever. She's a big dog. She's rolling. She's she's got something going on. Uh, But again, I did also uh, love watching her like take down like seven dudes or whatever it was. Uh, Yes, that was that was was pretty pretty dang pretty dang awesome. Um, But yeah, Sharon's Sharon's somebody. Zemo is continuing to just like throw these little nuggets of his amazingness out. And um, <laughs> and we just fall more and more in love. Oh, we 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 didn't mention when they were in the club. Oh, Zemo's his dance, Simo's <laughs> dance. <laughs> it was so bad. And what cracked me up is uh, Daniel Brühl on Instagram. He actually shared that like GIF of himself dancing, and he's like, "Well, you know, when you've been locked up so long, or something." Like that. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> I was like, oh, bless him. I love it even more now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right. So yeah, so the now that's that's done. And we get back to we get back to Carly, right? Yes. So then we go to Lithuania. So Carly is not in Riga. And her and the Flag Smashers are at a GRC facility where they're taking supplies. It's mostly food and possibly some medicine. She literally is talking to the guy going, you've been sitting on these supplies. You have months and months of worth of food and there are people starving. So remember that commercial where they were patting themselves on the back? Yeah, okay. They're patting themselves on the back while starving innocent people. So the Flag Smashers essentially are just trying to help people. And you're like, all right, I sympathize with them. I mean, like, sure, they kicked Bucky and Sam's butt, but she also like, punch john walker in the like chest and that was pretty awesome Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. however i don't know if it's because she's grieving or if the serum is somehow unstable because as we know from captain america the first avenger the serum can amplify at least the original serum can amplify qualities both good and bad so she blows up the building with people inside and her friend is like wait wait there, there were, were some people, people in, there. in there. Yeah, yeah. And she goes, this is the only language they know, which she's not wrong. But at the same time, it felt like she was deviating from their original, um, like, mission, their mm-hmm. original, like, goal, which kind of freaked her friend out. Like, whoa, you went left. I don't like that. Um, and then we're on Zemo's plane headed to Riga. And Sam admits that he did the wrong thing. Maybe I should have just destroyed the shield. But Bucky reminds him that the shield means a lot of things to a lot of people, including himself. They get to Riga. Bucky kind of like steps back a little bit. He's like, I'm just going to go take a walk. And they're like, all right. They think, well, Sam, I think, thinks that he's just kind of trying to deal with the whole like, I had to be the Winter Soldier in Madripoor. I'm dealing with Zemo. Lots of old demons are coming back. But in truth, Bucky leaves because somebody is waiting for him and that someone happens to be Ao from the Dora Milaje. Yes. And I was like, oh my God. I like I cheered so loud. Now I, I heard also, the I also missed like he he picked up one of those beads and he's like, You dropped this, and he's walking around, and I saw the bead and I knew Yeah. I saw it in his hand, but I think I missed like where he got it from. Did you see that also? Or was that again, another bad edit maybe that we, we like they never showed him actually picking it up. No, they did. They showed oh, they him. Did. Okay. Was, then yeah. I just must've looked away or whatever. So yeah. Okay. It was like a, it was like he was following breadcrumbs. Okay. Got it. Got it. Okay, cool. Um, so she tells him that she's there for Zemo 
he doesn't seem surprised at all to see her, which again, if we want to go back to the whole, Oh, white wolf story. I honestly think Bucky told his Wakandan allies, his friends, it might've been AO. It might've just been, you know, Okoye or Shuri or whoever. He told them he was getting Zemo out and he knows that they want him for justice because of what mm-hmm. happened to King T'Chaka. So he was not surprised at all that they just happened to be in Riga. So I wouldn't be surprised if Bucky's got some of those beads, you know, cause those bracelets, they communicate mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. If he's got one like somewhere on his body, maybe it's built into his arm. Who knows? Like he can just kind of like be like, do, 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 you know, and like text right. from his arm or something. I don't know. But I fully believe that he told them he was getting Zemo out so that once Zemo's usefulness is gone, they can swoop in and take him back to Wakanda. Hmm. Well, they're definitely going to, they're not going to let that guy go. So. Oh, no. <laughs> not at all. Uh, uh, so it sucks to be Zemo. You better, you better have some place you can hide, my, my friend, because I, I would not want to mess with the Wakandans. Nope. Not at all. Mm-mm-mm. All right. Well, it, we, that this was such a good episode. There was a lot of action. There was a lot of good stuff. There was a lot of Zemo who totally took me by surprise as to how uh, entertaining and fun he was. Even just some of the, like, um, in the beginning when Sam and Bucky are hashing out the fact that, that Bucky let him out and Zemo's like, can I? And they're like, no. And he's like, okay, <laughs> yeah, fine. I, I get it. Like, you know, he, he just, it was, it was really, there was just some great moments of Zemo uh, in this that um, uh, he's going to break my heart. I know he's going to break my heart. Something's going to happen, but, uh, but I, but I do. I mean, he's it. definitely <laughs> coming in for the double cross. You just got to know it's coming. Of course, of course. All right. Well, we will be back, of course, next week uh, with episode four. And uh, since there's not a holiday weekend, it should, you know, get out a little bit sooner than uh, this one has been. But um, if you are have any questions or you want to know something specific or something that we haven't covered, uh, definitely reach out to us. Twitter's a good place to find Ashley or I. I'm at No Guilt Life. She's at that Ashley Aaron. And um, yeah, right? Yeah. Okay, cool, 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 cool. And don't forget to talk about this episode, share it with your friends, uh, because it's no fun to fangirl alone. And we'll be back next week. Bye, y'all. Bye.